Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Randy Apuzo with me. Randy is one of the creators of Zesty. Zesty is the first content management system designed for collaborative website building process. Welcome. Thank you, George. Thanks for being here, Randy. Can you tell our audience about what Zesty is? Yeah, so Zesty, it's a, it's a content platform for websites. Uh, creates a nice, customized experience for the person that is curating it. It's kind of like child-proofing a website from a two-year-old because, you know, once somebody gets in, they can really mess up a custom-designed website. And on the other end, for developers and designers, you have this nice experience that you can use that information and data the way you want. So your design never gets jeopardized. You can have a completely custom experience, and your client's really happy in the end. So is, is Zesty competing with other CMSs like uh, WordPress and Drupal, or, or not really? It's something completely different. Yeah, I guess if you have to compare it, I, I guess it would. Um, we're really trying to focus on, like, aspects of communication and collaboration, creating different roles for everyone involved in the process. So, I mean, in the world of building websites, yes, of course, um, but we're really trying to hit it with a different approach. It's more collaborative. Um, so, yes and no at the same time. It's, it's kind of a different experience. With Zesty, too, you can get feeds for data. So if you wanted to read, like, a, like some of your data, like all your blog posts or all the people in your team, you can get that feed directly into, like, an iOS app. So you can do like a JSON request to it and load up into an app if you want to do that as well. So it definitely offers a lot of different things than your traditional CMS. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to geek out too much. <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> I want to make sure everybody keeps up with this. So tell me uh, why you started Zesty. What, what inspired you? It's really – so in 2004, I started professionally charging for websites, and I was pretty young at the time. Um, and also so did my partner. Um, and really creating a custom experience for our clients at the time was really important because we wanted to design very custom websites. Um, at the same time, we wanted the client to be able to edit them. And especially back then, it was a big challenge uh, to do that and let them be able to jump in without really jeopardizing your website. Another big aspect, too, is the little things of a website, like, say, the phone number in the right-hand corner. Typically, that would be built into a design, like a template, not hooked up to somewhere where a client can go change that number. Those little aspects were really important, and we wanted to create a configurable content area that would allow you to do that um, without having the really taking a lot of the communication that doesn't make sense between your relationship, like, hey, can you update this phone number, gets caught up in an email, then you need to process a request, do you charge them for that time, et cetera. We really wanted to eliminate all that, and that's what we set out to do. And and when when did you start Zesty? What year was it? Uh, it became Zesty in 2010, um, but okay. been building a version of, I guess, the CMS since about 2005. Okay. So let's talk about transitioning from a consulting business, because, I mean, that's that's I don't you you still have a consulting web development consulting business or something along those lines right Yes we do So let's talk about the transition from 
a consulting business to a product business and the challenges of that. You mentioned on your site that the consulting side feels like a chore 90% of the time. Uh, and I can relate because I've owned my, uh, I'm a co-owner of a web development business too. And I, I'm, I'm about to pull my hair out half the time too. <laughs> so I can, I can relate to that. But let's talk about what are some of those challenges in, in terms of making the transition for you. Oh, challenge. Uh, definitely the distribution of time. I think time in every aspect of my life outside of business as well is always the biggest challenge. Um, and I guess as we take on clients and when we need to take on clients is when, when do we dedicate time directly to the product? When do we dedicate it directly to the client? Um, which is nice because with our product, it, it actually works. It's in our world, so we know it really well. Um, so we can integrate like part of what we're doing building the product into what we're doing with uh, the consulting work, uh, which is really nice. But definitely there's some weeks that, if you know, as a, as a consultant, you could just get totally swamped. Um, and that's really the most frustrating aspect. And every day it gets easier um, because as you're working towards building recurring revenue on your product, um, it takes a lot of the burden off of the, the monthly income you need to bring in to keep the business afloat. So is your goal to transition out of the consulting uh, altogether? or? Yeah, I think some aspects. I still think we would definitely make uh, some connections with the right client. Uh, one of the coolest things about consulting is that we've dealt with at least over 100 businesses uh, in my career. And you learn so much about other businesses, and you have the opportunity to work with someone. It keeps you sharp. It lets you use the new technologies, uh, keeps you up with the game, learn about how they're doing marketing, learn kind of their pains with their clients, and it gives you like a great overview of a business sense. So compare the two. Compare uh, a consulting business uh, to, to Zesty because, you know, it's a product versus uh, – versus, uh, you know, consulting where you just, you know, get, get money for your time. Let's talk about starting out something like Zesty. What are, what are some of the big mountains to climb initially? Uh, I mean, initially, if you, you don't, we completely bootstrapped. Um, so not having a runway, I guess, a big chunk of money to say, look, we have three months to catch up with our recurring revenue in order to make payroll. That's a, that's a big difference between okay, we have to get this many jobs done and make sure our recurring is coming. Because you don't, you don't start off with recurring revenue, obviously. You have to slowly build that, especially if your product is something like ours where our average recurring um, cost is $32 and, and our base is 19 So each one of those little base hits needs to add up. You need to have a lot of base hits to get up to a point where you are able to cover all the like employees, I guess. Okay. Now, and who is your customer with Zesty? Our customer right now, it's really design firms. So, because they're able to create a more customized brand experience for their client, and they're typically going to actually custom design a website, and which they also need to give the reins off to the client after the fact. So, being able to create a custom experience and then knowing the client can go uh, curate that experience without jeopardizing the design or having any weekend fires where they break the website, I think is really important. So I'd say design firms and digital agencies in that aspect. And and how do you market to these uh, these firms? What is your marketing strategy right now? Um, so we've got, we know firms in the area. We're basically targeting firms here in San Diego. Uh, we've got a few firms abroad. We've got a couple of firms using Zesty now. We've got one out of Vegas and Kind of just knowing where those firms are, we send a cold email to them 
and then kind of just touch base, and then we'll go ahead and call them and set up a call and see if we can move it forward with there. We have uh, one full-time biz dev guy, um, and he looks to make these partnerships with people. So at this stage, we are, we're slowly trying to get on one partnership at a time um, so we can build, keep building and building. Mm-hmm. And can you give us an idea how many customers you have right now? Yeah, we've got about roughly 1,000 users. Okay, 1,000 users. And these are paying uh, users? Uh, the majority of them are. In the beginning, we did a lot of uh, like free aspects, free versions, which we're no longer really doing right now. Um, so, yeah, they're not all paid. Okay. What percentage is paid approximately? Approximately probably about 45%. Okay, but so about 500 or 400 or so paid customers right now? Right, and then there's a big difference between uh, a single user because in our world you can have one user make five websites, for example. You could have unlimited accounts, so um, which is really a big difference between, I guess, our traditional CMS is where you can manage 20 different websites from one account and also have somebody, a client, be able to see their websites that way and but not create an account. So accounts are really shared between everybody, which is nice. And what kind of churn rate do you have for your your software? Uh, we've lost one website. Okay, that's all? <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty good, actually. Yes, yeah, people are very so so So... What is your what is your strategy? I mean, one thing is you have you have one full time but uh, person, but I mean it's hard to have a, an actual human being to 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 drive business when something costs you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars a month. So, do you have any other strategy to to uh, to create awareness about your business? Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of we're very active here in San Diego's startup community, and just getting people to know us and creating local champions, I think, is really important. And you can do that just by being good to the community outside of doing like active sales and biz dev. Um, so that's really turned around for us. We're also doing partnerships. Um, we're actively working on like there are a few companies that target um, uh, like small businesses, and they don't have websites. So what we're doing is we're going to be integrating their product, um, the company we're partnering with, into Zesty, so they can quickly fire up websites uh, with a few clicks for their clients that don't have a website. So imagine uh, a service that targets a small business and they can't target them unless they have a website. So what we're doing is we're providing an outlet for them to quickly create websites for that small business so they can integrate their services into it. So, so what, what can you do? Because from what I hear from a, hear from a lot of SaaS type of uh, companies that the the first 30 days is very crucial when they sign up a new a new account or a new user mm-hmm. what do you what do you guys do in terms of making sure that initial experience is is great for for the user so we have a a live chat feature um which actually so anyone logged into a website you, so everyone could log into the same website account at the same time and they can communicate with each other uh through this chat feature and on that chat feature, we have this call Zesty um, on it. And if you hit that call Zesty button, everyone in my team gets an email. And we jump to jump into that website to start chatting with that person. And that's kind of nice to, because from a SaaS point of view, Zesty is it's a pretty big investment because it's not like you just click it and start using it. You actually have to put some time in to build something on it. So really just making sure communication is strong is, is what's going to keep people around. 
So what do you say is your response time? What does it have to be for people to be happy? Is it like right away when somebody is putting it on chat, right away somebody on your team jumps on, even if it's just 2 a.m.? Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we can't do that at this point. Um, but what we do have is if – and I guess to answer the first question, if if you don't get to them within five minutes, you could lose them. We've definitely lost a few that way. Um, but we do have it so if it's after five minutes you've hit the call button, it'll it'll turn it into a support ticket and go into – we use Desk right now as our support system um, outside of what we have internally. So it creates a support ticket there and allows it to keep the communication going if it is 2 in the morning. But, yeah, I think round the clock uh, would be good. But right now we're not really doing much overseas, so most of the people we have coming to the system is during the day and, like, the uh, – you know, Pacific time. So let's talk about differentiation. There is a lot of different CMSs out there, and you know, we, we mentioned WordPress, but Joomla, Drupal, and all that. How do you? What do you need to do to differentiate Zesty? What are some of the things that say, you know, what this is? This is the solution for us, not these other things out there. Yeah, it's been branding has been very important. Um, so Jeremiah Gardner, he's writing the Lean Brand. Uh, it's a follow-up he's doing with Brant Cooper. We worked with him for about three months and going through just setting up our branding and understanding, like, because we can talk features all day, and that's – he already kind of stopped me from doing that earlier, which thank you for that. <laughs> uh, the Getting to understand why we created this and about the experience and really if we're focusing on the collaboration aspect, integration, um, and those two aspects is what's really going to make it different. Um, and knowing that it's – you can say features all day, and once you start down a feature war, I mean, there's just no end. And we kind of ran into that problem early on. Like, so we went on beta list, uh, instantly had 400 users um, within a couple months. <laughs> but the problem was we were talking about features. And then everybody started comparing it feature to feature, uh, which is uh, – it's kind of a rabbit hole. Once you start going down that, you just try to catch up with the feature war. Um, so definitely – Can you give me some examples of the feature war? Like maybe even something that you thought was the right thing to do in terms of feature, but it turned out to be a big waste of time focusing on that? Yeah, I think uh, uh, we've had four major iterations of the software, and I would say <laughs> – after we launched and we got on beta list and we had the public tools, uh, people were coming on there asking for a bunch of things. And instead of kind of listening and, and changing our pitch and our brand, we we jumped the gun and we started working on the new edition, um, which we called Zesty N, which is the nth edition, like the edition, the end all editions. And we just over we overdid the features. We just tried to load too much in it. Um, and I really think that that stifled kind of business development in that aspect. Uh, so we kind of went into a hole for four months. Um, and when we came out of the hole with a new system, we had lost contact of all those people who were on our beta list sign up. And I think that was a, a major, major mistake. I mean, and that's, I guess, what business and entrepreneurship is about, is about learning from your mistakes. So how do you, how do you know... How do you know what features are necessary? How do you know what to listen to as as an entrepreneur when it comes to software? What 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 should we ignore and what should we say? Yeah, this this sounds like something we need to do. Is it the number of requests or is it is it the way they ask? Uh, what, what's your experience with that? So in the beginning, it would have been requests, asks, and what I thought. But today, I can tell you that you figure out what your brand is and say, let's just say collaboration is one big aspect of our brand. We look at a feature. Does it line up with 
our brand? Is it going to communicate what we want our brand to communicate? And then we make that decision. So we have a, a table uh, in our conference room, and we have features written down in index cards. And it's very easy to say, like, well, <clears throat> this is our brand, and these are our personas. So we know the type of people that are using Zesty um, based on who's currently using it and who we're going to be targeting. And then we have our brand aspects. So we take the feature, the index card, and we put it down, and we say, does it fit with one of these? Yes. And and how much does it apply to that person? Almost to the point where you could we could reach out to those people on the phone and just be like, what do you think of this? Get their feedback. And then see if it aligns with the brand. And if it's matching both of those things, then we will execute it. It will go into the feature queue and then slowly start to build these things out. So from a bigger feature level, that's the approach we take. If there's a feature that's like stifling um, – say like growth of a website or something like that or if it's there's a core promise i guess in the end we could be called the cms um and if we're not making the promise that a traditional cms makes we have to do that so that wouldn't be considered a feature it's kind of a it's a core part of the product if it's not fulfilling what people expected to do outside of your brand you have to absolutely have that to back up the promise of what you're offering Okay. Now, let's talk about – you mentioned that you're completely bootstrapped. Let's talk about I, – I read on, on one of your sites about uh, – you have a post on this, but uh, let's talk about why not take investors. Uh, or, or Do you have even angel investors at this point? No, we don't have anything. Um, okay. Definitely have. Have you considered angels or, or venture money? Yeah, we have. I mean, it's kind of – Looking at it from the aspect, like, we want someone that is passionate about what we're doing, about building custom websites, building a content system to deliver content either to apps or to websites or whatnot. And, I mean, we're not out there actively going to all these pitch events and doing that. We're spending our time, obviously, on the product and bringing in money. But if we found the right person that wanted to join us and partner and they had a great network, I'd absolutely consider that opportunity. Um, but as it is, I mean, what we see, at least a lot around us, is VCs um, that are willing to look at us so long we uh, do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, they're trying to turn their money over in, you know, a certain period of time. That's their business. You don't – they're not giving handouts. Um, so you definitely don't want to take their money if you don't have a plan to exit. Uh, one of the biggest things between my founder, Andy Fleming, and I is that – we're creating a product that a lot of it revolves around trust. And if you're going to build a website or build any an application, anything, your content, and you're going to store it on an application like ours, like Zesty, um, making sure that it's going to be there for the long run is really important. If we were to sell out to, say, I don't know, Google, then they cut, a, cut off the system after a year, and then all these websites went down. That's not a very confident thing to, I don't know, if I was going to be building on something, that's I'd want to make sure it's going to be around for a long time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, talk about uh, – you mentioned a mistake earlier, but talk about maybe the biggest mistake that you made with uh, with Zesty that was a great learning experience for you and would be great for us to learn from. Um, I want to say it, your team is very important um, and knowing what parts of your team. And we brought on a developer early, and it took him a while to get up to speed to the point of where Andy and I are at when it, when it comes to development. And once we got that person up to speed, he, he was fully working on the system. And I think earlier in the stage, we would have really benefited from 
doing more biz dev and focusing more on content like uh, like how-tos or video tutorials and engaging with the client, really we're putting way too much effort into development. And, you know, like I said, you go into a hole, you develop, and you come out and you're like, hey, everybody, look what I have. And everyone's like, who are you? Um, so I really think more engagement, getting more content out there and, and connecting with other people and trying to partnership with other businesses would have been a lot better for us in the beginning rather than over developing a product that has it does everything I rather would have had like strategic partnerships in the beginning I started working on those a year and a half earlier than I did so what what causes most stress for you right now uh, with with Zesty um, so Zesty doesn't really cause stress I mean I think as a, a bootstrapped uh, company as an entrepreneur uh, I think that's the most stressful is making sure that you have enough income to like surpass your burn rate and make sure everyone's getting paid on time, make sure you're getting paid on time and kind of over, not overworking. It's very easy for me to work every day and I do. Um, but I also want to make sure that <laughs> I spend time with my real life outside of my business. And I think that's the hardest thing to balance is knowing when to stop. You know, I want to ask you about dealing with ups and downs in business. Uh, what I've found is that's that's a big that's a big thing for entrepreneurs, and I think a lot of people quit being an entrepreneur for that very reason is to, to deal with the roller coaster ride. Do you experience that? Um, oh, yeah. Has that changed for you at all? I mean, you've been in business since about what 2004 or so, building building sites and all that. Yep. Uh, how do you how do you deal with those ups and downs? I'm a pretty laid-back individual, so I try not to let those things get to me too much. Um, but you definitely build a thicker skin, um, and you can get through a lot harder times. Having a team, too, to support you and know, like, being transparent with them during those times, you know, and knowing, like, you pretty much stockpile for those bad times if you can. And if those bad times last a long time, you might lose an employee or something like that. But... But I guess the more you – it's going to happen no matter what. So you, as an entrepreneur, you cannot avoid that aspect. People just aren't instant successes overnight. Um, if you are super lucky, that's a scratch ticket somehow. Or you're, or you're already such an experienced entrepreneur that you know how to work the system. But, I mean, it's just you got to build a, a thick skin and know that things are going to be bad and they're always going to get better. And sometimes you make your best um, moves and you get smarter <laughs> when things are really tough. So – uh, it forces you to really get smart fast when you don't have any uh, when you haven't seen a paycheck for a couple months. But so tell me, what's the greatest high from owning owning Zesty or or being one of the the co co founders of Zesty? What, what's the greatest high you had? Uh, greatest high, I think. I really like engaging with people and interacting, and it's nice to see someone really excited and to know who you are and know what your product is before you know who they are. And then their excitement, the energy that they give to you when you meet someone who knows of your product or you of something you've done prior to you meeting them. To me, I think that's really great because it, it creates a really nice engagement and that's probably the most rewarding aspect of what we do. So what do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? Because this is important to me and for many because, you know, there are so many things you could be doing and probably 90% of them would be a waste of time. What do you think, in your opinion, is the biggest time waster for people, think, um, aside from being on Facebook? <laughs> uh, sometimes being on Facebook is good, so long as you're promoting business. <laughs> um, uh, so biggest time waste um, – so you build a product, 
and you have to build something that, that works. I mean, in the beginning, you can go through a phase where you just ask. You ask a bunch of people, will you do this? Will you pay for this? You start building a list and um, so that you're validating the product. And then I'd say build the product in the most lean way possible. You know, it may not be scalable. Uh, and don't make it scalable. Make it as fast as you can make it and get people engaged and start talking to them immediately and then understanding how they feel about it, what they think, just communicating, constant communication with any. If you have one, two users, great. Talk to them. Find out what they like and start tweaking. Don't start developing without communicating with your clients or your users, so to speak. So if you would start all over again – would that be what you would differently or, or what would be uh, you, that you would be doing differently? Uh, more like building a platform uh, and worrying more about the platform or, or, the, or the group or the, or the culture or, or yeah. what do you think is the most important? I'd concern yourself like with – if I was to do this again, you know, there will be a time where I start another business <laughs> somewhere in the future. Uh, and that's what I'd do is I'd go for engaging the user base that you know. So say you've uh, you've spotted a problem and you know how to create a software and application that's going to take care of that problem. So you start finding out who is having that problem and start communicating with those people before you even build and just talk to them, like interview them. Talk to them like in the same way you're talking to me casually. Talk about the problem and then, you know, offer ideas for a solution. Almost let them tell you what they wish they had. And then talk to, keep talking to more people like that and building momentum that way, and then jump into building a product that starts small, keep the features low, keep the interaction short, and then come back to them and say, hey, check this out, and you know, and then keep that cycle going. And then as that happens, you can start building a brand based on what they think. I think coming into something and trying to build a brand and a product without knowing the people that you're going to target it makes it real difficult, and that that's when you have lucky successes. Sometimes you can hit that on the head, but most times it's going to fail. Okay. So what if somebody came to you, somebody in your family or maybe a good friend that had a job now, but say, you know what, Randy, I see you're having some success with, with your businesses. What would be the first thing you would teach them if they wanted to become an entrepreneur? What do you think they would need to know first? <laughs> um, it's a long road. Uh, no matter what, you can't you can't expect that within a year or two things are going to be good. Especially if you're you're a newbie uh, in that aspect, it's all about experience. And I don't think it's something that you can read in a book. You have to feel it. And the environment that you put yourself in, whether it's here in San Diego or somewhere in Boston, you've got to know that environment. It's going to be different anywhere you are. I mean, no matter what, you're dealing with people, so you have to understand people and understand the someone who wants to engage with you. And, creating that engagement so know that it's going to be a long road no matter how at least for your first business uh, no matter how you look at it expect to be in it for at least five to ten years so talking about books uh, can you give me one or two books that helped your business um there's a book that's not out yet called the lean brand uh and lean brand the lean brand and it'll be coming out shortly uh and that's by jeremiah gardner um and he actually, when we, we did the, the lean brand sessions, there's a few of them on my blog, randyapuzo.com. And it was really nice because he kind of, he used the whole, I'm sure you know the whole lean, the lean startup, the lean entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked directly with Brant, who wrote the lean entrepreneur, to formulate the lean brand around the same aspects, but understanding what you, your business is actually doing and how, how, what your relationship is like with your users. 
Um, so that was huge. All the lean books is kind of where I would kind of suggest to people and really. Maybe I should introduce me to him so I can bring him on the, on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And talk about well. the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jeremiah Gardner, I could definitely put you forth to him. Okay. Um, so the, the, any other books? Oh man, if there's so many out there. All the lean books, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'd say definitely, definitely the lean series is really awesome to start off with, especially as a new entrepreneur, because like, you, it, it will open your eyes to like, there's definitely this like romantic outlook of how what being an entrepreneur is like, uh, and it's you know you could be like, wow, that guy's got the great life. He's on the beach. That's what people think. You know, you're partying. You don't have to. Uh, you make your own hours. <laughs> um, so long you work 16 hours a day. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I I really think just introduction into the lean and understanding that you can do it. There's definitely steps. Um, there's a certain path that you have to take. Um, uh, if I could probably send you an email uh, <laughs> with a bunch of books, but off the top of the head, I, I would yeah, say sounds good. Sounds one. good. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom to share about either building a business or growing a business, maybe taking it to the next level based on your experience? Uh, I'd say the team's really important um, and making sure you have a good team that supports you and you support them. And you guys are going to go through a lot as a team. Uh, you're going to go through the ups and downs. You're going to yell at each other. <laughs> you're going to figure it out. But so long as you can be healthy in that relationship, I think that's what's most important. If you're out there doing it on your own, you're going to need to make allies no matter what. And those allies could be other entrepreneurs, other business owners, uh, other apps, integrations. Um, and the more you can kind of spread your arms out and reach your tentacles into different businesses, uh, alliances, creating allies, growing your team, working with local other founders, like that that's my biggest piece of advice I think I could give. Sounds good, Randy. How can people connect with you? Um, so you can reach me. Uh, it's randy at gozesty.com. You can email me there, and I'll get back to you. And you could also sign up for our platform at gozesty.com. Um, and if you want to do that, I'd be more than happy to give anyone who wants to reach out to me uh, an own private demo over Skype. Sounds good. So everyone, check out check out gozesty.com. Uh, Randy, thank you very much. Hopefully we can do this again maybe in a year, see where you are. All right. Wish you much luck. Thank you so much, George. Have a good day.